Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, Talking Power Podcast episode 111. Uh, we're rocketing right along here. We've got a special guest here in the studio, along with my co-host, Todd Brinkworth. We've got Simon Gonzo Travellini over there. We've got with us Johnny Alardi. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Now, we've spoken numerous times in the past, but we've done short little episodes when you've done your morning tea. So we thought we'd get you along uh, to do a bit of a in-depth, I guess, chat with you about what you're doing these days, where you've come from, and just a bit about you. So thanks for joining us in the, in the studio. I think your timing's impeccable as well. We'll talk about MotoGP a bit later on, but Jack Miller winning his second race in a row. Another thriller from Miller. Yeah. Yep. But we'll chat about that a bit later on. So um, Two from two. <laughs> and we've got the cannolis here as well tonight. <laughs> Just wanted to mention that. So for those that are listening, you're missing out. You can't see. I don't wonder. You can see them in the video, those cannolis. They're magnificent. So, and the reason why I got them, I know your father big fan of the cannolis yeah he'll be jealous he'll definitely be jealous Tell of those. <laughs> who's not a fan of the cannolis no but you, this you have to we have to paint a picture here all right sorry a bit of a bit of uh, poetic license here tell the story about your dad he at the at the last at the last fundraiser you did i think you had some cannolis left over and you said dad take these to because your dad was going straight to the farm straight after the fundraiser and uh you gave him a whole tray of cannolis and i think he finished them before he even hit yeah. you shake yeah. <laughs> yeah. before he even got to the car i reckon <laughs> so i know your dad giovanni's a great fan of cannolis so i thought you know that'll be good we had them when richie was in as well remember yes we did yeah and that was that was pretty cool johnny tell us great to have you here on the podcast for those listeners out there tell us a bit about yourself oh yeah so obviously um married two kids yeah my daughter valentina and johnny my wife angela um obviously we're running the benzene's detailing down at mangara which is my pride and joy and my passion so um and obviously we uh being a cancer survivor we sort of integrate our uh, business with uh with some charity events as well mm, yep Yep, and it's a great charity event that you do. That's why we got you in tonight, to have a bit of a chat about that. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later on. But tell us, I mean, you and I have been hanging out for the same group of guys. I mean, visiting the same car shows for, for a long, long time. Tell us the, the passion for cars. Where, where did that all get started from? Yeah, well, I, I mean, you mentioned my dad before. And obviously, that's definitely where it stems from. You know, I had, I don't think I had a choice in the matter. I was always going to be a car guy. Um, um, I came home from birth, I think, in a XA Falcon. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty much in my blood, you know, straight out of the hospital. So yeah, I, it's definitely from dad the passion, and, and it's just grown obviously from there. My uncles, obviously, you know, my um, cousin. Um, once you start, you know, it oozes out to the rest of the family. Yeah, yeah it's it's. It's just ingrained in you from, from birth, basically. Mm. Well, in me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, no, it seems to be you do drag the rest of the family, and your family is engaged with the motoring scene as well. You get a lot of guys that are into their cars, but their family doesn't seem to come along for the ride, but yours certainly does, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it's, it's funny because when, when I was younger and Dad obviously had the XY, <coughs> um, I was always, you know, Dad, can we take the XY? Dad, can we take the XY? And it was like, nah, nah, you know, nah. It was back then you needed to see if a petrol station was open, you know what I mean? You can get fuel on Saturdays or Sundays. So it was always hard. Now it's like he, he, he's in that every single day, you know. He's, he's with it, and he's, he drives it more, drives his cars like, at, at, at any given opportunity so um so yeah it, it's just we just love it we just it's just a passion it's a it's a social thing um we, we enjoy it mm. yeah. i wonder how many people actually remember the old roster system yeah there's a roster there yeah. <laughs> like, I, I used oh, to get the sunday times as a kid and you said dad you know this one's on roster today <laughs> can we take the car you know vince, vince band down on our yeah. On Gwell up there, he he copped it a bit. Eh? You get it about once a month of Vince Band down there. So. Oh, I, I remember many a time where I'd go, you know, okay, we've got to go here, and it, it'll tell you that the service station, next service station, wherever you get there, and they're shut, and you're going, oh god, <laughs> going to be pushing the cart. Luckily, it was the beach buggy, so it wasn't too heavy. <laughs> But just explain to our listeners then, the roster system was, it was literally a roster. The petrol stations took turns in being on. Correct. Open on Correct. a Sunday. And Saturday afternoon as well, I think. Yeah. I'm young enough to remember, or old enough, which way we put it. Well, there was no such thing as a 24-hour. You'd have to go to a roadhouse back in those yeah. days. And, and even then, I'm not sure in WA, I think the first time I encountered uh, a 24-hour service station was um, in New South Wales. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't know. I kind of preferred it to be honest. With <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know, yeah, the petrol stations have become supermarkets, yeah, now, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember we could buy fan belts and yeah. you know yeah. hose clamps and you can forget that. <laughs> no. Any petrol station, <laughs> petrol's about the extent of it. But Johnny, I mean, getting back to what we we're talking about, like I mean, back in those days, we were, we were hanging out at the, in the you know motivation or Auto X. Yep. Tell us a little bit about those days. I mean, you know, you, you, we used to hang out in the same group of guys, always at these car shows. Tell us a bit about those days. Yeah, um, those days were cool. I think, I think we, we grew up, or our, you know, that era was sort of the last era where you could actually go do stuff that's probably frowned upon these days. Not <laughs> that we were doing bad stuff, but um, like truly McDonald's, like yep. Thursday night, like that was just... <laughs> That was it. That was like, it was just get you. You'd come home from work, you'd polish the car, and you'd and you'd go there, and then maybe go yeah, wife know, shopping. You'd, I believe you'd, yeah, you'd, you'd probably <laughs> you'd probably do some spirited driving around the lager or Rangara somewhere. But yeah, I don't know if you can say that or not. But um, yeah, I, and, and I don't think like those sort of things you don't see these days, you know. Mm. And it's sort of we were the sort of last generation to sort of. You sort of see that and do that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of that, I don't recall any of us getting hurt no. from any of no. those shenanigans, shall we say? No. No, no, it was, all, it was all good fun. I remember, you know, we talked to Paolucci as well about the McDonald's days and McDonald's in Stuart Hill days, and they, they were great, great memories. And it's, it's extended, obviously, down to... I, I met my wife at Stuart Hill Mac's. There yeah. you go, see? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then yeah, later at Lansdale, they opened up the Lansdale one, and then that became the the next spot. 
and then it sort of, after Gal and I, we just got older or just, you know, sort of fizzled out from there. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. It was uh, Kings Park for me. Yeah. The uh, WIG wall. I'm not going to say it because it's politically incorrect. <laughs> well, speaking of politically incorrect, remember, remember Atwell Road and yeah. Wangara? Yeah. That, that, was, that was huge. Well, politically where, incorrect. Where the workshop yeah. is now is basically where we used to park, like mm. just around on Badger Up Road and that. It was like... Is there still rubber on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> there is, but it's from, yeah, boons. <laughs> Back in the day, that's what that's what we did. You know, Atwell Road was was closed, and you know, I remember one night I was there, and the police came and sealed the road, and we had we had to go through the police to get out of there, and they just said, I mean, they were stickering a handful of cars, but it was all, I mean, no one no one went yeah. to jail, no one. I don't even think there might have been a handful of yellows issued, but there was no who, no one lost their cars. You know what I mean? It was. We didn't have hoon laws. No, there was no hoon laws. Back, yeah, back. so it was a handful of yellow stickers, and they said, "Don't come back here, guys. Yeah. Please, you know, we don't, we don't want to see you here anymore." And did you, was... did you ask them where they wanted you to yeah. go instead? <laughs> You're there next week anyway. <laughs> Got any suggestions, <laughs> officer? Is there? A... <laughs> Yeah, well, they used to. I don't know if you remember. We used to camp as well at the front of Barbagello. Yeah, like yeah. down the bottom there. They used to just. Covered up basically we're, while we're camping on the side of the road. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah, it was a couple of episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. We were talking about it. I'll never forget camping out on Wattle on, Ave on the side of the road. On yeah. the side of the road, in and we used, it used to be the best time. Yeah. And there used to be people laying. So you just park off to the side in the on the yeah. verge, and there used to be people laying strips right past you. You're like Any, you're anyone trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> anyone die, Nick? No, 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 no. No, it was all good fun. And uh, that's, you know, I mean, shout out to the Wanneroo Shire. <laughs> but it was, it was it was great fun. You mentioned to me, actually, you, you mentioned the, you know, I think we caught up at a number of car shows. And we remember the Auto Expo. Yep. And we talked about this car here. So I, I dug yeah. up an old photo. That, yeah, I took that it. photo. I reckon I've got something similar at home. Yeah. That's when you say the Auto Expo, that's, uh, that's what springs to mind. That, that car, but mainly just... Every year, I mean, being Ford fanatic, I always wanted to see what the latest model, what it looked like, you know. Um, always had wheels magazines, motor magazines, and yeah, I just when you used to see it advertised in the, in the paper, you, you, you couldn't wait to go there. Hmm. So for those watching the YouTube video, on the screen you'll see it's called the 351 GT. That was the EA. That was prior to the EB GT. That, that was, was a concept, concept car, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. 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 I think it's at the Ford Museum in, oh, in okay. Victoria at the yep. moment, I think. Yep. And for those looking at the video, there's a guy. Look at that. Look at, <laughs> look at that guy with the perm there. Yeah. Magnificent mullet, that right there. And hang on, it's also, it's in the Birdswood Dome. Yeah, that's in yeah, the Birdswood Dome. no longer exists. Yeah, no longer. Yeah, it's, it's a car park now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they couldn't fit enough gamblers in there. <laughs> I, I was part of the um, survey team that knocked down the Birdswood Dome. It was actually, I found it a bit sad. Mm. Like, just that just me. Anyway, that's another story for another day. <laughs> it is. It is a story for another day. Hey, you know what? We need to take a short break here. I'm going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more from Johnny Lardy right after this. Oh. 
Alright, episode 111 of the Talking Power Podcast, I'm Nick DeCembra, you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and on 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive, and our website as well, www.talkingpower.com.au, I'm joined with Johnny Alardi, and our co-host Todd Brinkworth and Simon Gonzo Travellini, great to have you guys here for this episode. So Johnny, moving along, at 16, you get yourself... An XY. I actually, I don't think I ever saw it in the flesh back then, but it was blue. I, I think I seem to remember it in some forums. You did a, it was Starlight Blue, XWFM on, yeah. Yeah. Because you posted a whole... XW, hip- Nick, not XY, XW. Yeah. Did I say XY? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. That's like blasphemy to... I've got to read it as well. Especially coming from one that... I know it's one. I know. I know. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's right. So, yeah, I, I remember you posted a heap of photos of the build, the original build yeah, on a did. forum. Yeah, we were four, 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 back, we were big back then. So, yeah, I did post most of the build pics. Mm. Probably, yeah, towards the end, it probably wasn't that many, but yeah. Yeah, yep. So tell us, talk us through the process of that, that particular car anyway. Yeah, so <clears throat> obviously Dad, we, we'd been looking for a year for, the, you know, licenses coming up, Dad's looking. Um, I, I don't even remember thinking about buying anything else. Like, it was just always going to be that car. I, you know, I just, I honestly can't remember, you know, we'd say, oh, we'll get something of this. No, it was just XW, XY. And we looked we had a look at a few, and we actually looked at a nice XY, the bronze, the bronze wine colour. 12 slots lowered and it was um the guy wanted seven and a half and i said dad i want this car and he goes nah I said, but it's it's done it's like you know, nah it's too much it wants too much it wants too much so like, man it's done like we we had an argument you know and said you know we're gonna miss out we've been looking for a year we haven't found nothing and then one obviously sunday morning readers mark comes out we've got a bang on the door like early like five six in the morning do you want a car yeah i want a car all right get out of bed so okay we go <clears throat> we end up going to stoneville um like stoneville parkerville in, in the hills there and i'll never forget driving up the driveway you know uh, a gravel road driveway and then you see this guy's pulled this blue xw out and he's just driving it out and i knew straight away i said yeah we're bringing this car home you know so it was it was five and a half and we got it for five and it was yeah it was stock xw uh 221 three speed auto had the parchment interior um obviously had stone chips and that from being up in the hills and that but it was yeah it was immaculate had mm. all the chrome trim had everything it was the starfish hubcaps it's full grandpa spec yeah yeah okay so that's yeah it's, it's funny hearing you tell that story because i remember um at servite around you know 15 16 years old paul kunzich exactly the same they they searched and searched and searched until they found the car mm. and they actually started with a, a basically a bare shell mm. and and then you know stripped it and went from there yeah. went through the the whole process and that was it there was no other car yeah it was it was, it was, was going to be it was going to be an xw <laughs> or obviously an xy and at the time because dad had the xy i was always sort of a bit of an xy sort of guy you know but you, you knew it, did, it didn't matter like one or the other was was gonna be okay so so yeah yeah and that's yeah so that's buying the car yeah <laughs> that's uh that's 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 
back in those days, but that that is a lot of money. Back we're talking nineteen ninety six. That was ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I t- I just it was a month, literally like a month after my birthday. So I think you used to be able to get your license on your birthday. And we found it like literally like one month after, I think. Yeah, okay. that was starting to get rare. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, look, nowadays you're paying twenty to thirty thousand dollars for something that you is bring home is, in a wheelbarrow. It, <laughs> pretty much is a gutted out shell. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But even for 1996, that's that's a good co- that's good coin for a, for. A, but it was a it was a beautiful. It powder. was a plum. Yeah, it was like you couldn't. You know, compared to the one we looked at for seven and a half, it was definitely a better car. And he's my man. You know, he said, "See, I told you, you just have to wait." <laughs> well, talking of your dad, then tell us his his influence and your uncle Tony's influence then in 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 the in that scene as well. Tell us a bit about your dad's cars and your uncle Tony's cars. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, uncle Tony's a panel beater. So he dad uh, uh, uncle Tony panel beated um, dad's ex wife, the mm. white one because um, where he was working in Bayswater and they sprayed it um, they sprayed the car there um, for Tony's apprentice or, or someone in the, in the shop there um, painted it so he's always been around he's always been doing those things and he's because he's always done those cars for dad and helped him out I think he's had a couple of like uh, he had some like Land Cruisers with 302s in them and stuff like that back in the day he's you know um, he's always wanted to do his own thing and then obviously he did the Mustang you mm. know, a few years ago so that was his I guess payment to himself because I'm going to do my own car now was, I've been working on everyone else's but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yep. I know that feeling yeah <laughs> you certainly do <laughs> and Uncle Tony did all the panel beating the first time on the XW he actually yeah. did it in, in Mum and Dad's shed in Marangaroo yeah, okay. in the backyard yeah mm. he did it for me like, he goes I don't want to do it I, like he says, I, I'm not going to do it, but I'll do it for you. And I said, all right. So it was, yeah. Yep, yep. So that was the first the first incarnation. The, the first one, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the second rebuild a bit later on yeah. anyway. So moving, we'll fast forward 10 years. We get to 2006. You just got married to the lovely Angela, your wife. Um, the XW is it's pretty close to being finished in its its first build. Um and you're working for one of the Perth's leading ma- uh, furniture manufacturers as well in, in Jamel, mm-hmm. great, great company. Talk us through what you first thought was an ulcer in your mouth. Yeah, I guess it's just like anything. You, you, you get a bit of pain. You, you know, you know, everyone knows what an ulcer feels like. I had it like on the side of my tongue and I've got two teeth missing. I was, I'm a Collingwood supporter, mind you, so yeah, I've got a few teeth missing. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not from one. Huh? No, no, I've got the, I'm the bit higher up. I've got the back ones missing, so... <laughs> You're um, the Eddie Maguire yeah, sort of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and what, what it was, it was rubbing on those, where the gap was with the tooth, and I thought, oh, it must be just giving me pain. I'm getting pain, you know, take Panadol, do all that sort of stuff. Then the pain was coming from, like, underneath, and I was like, yeah, it's not right. Go to the doctor's. And uh, they said, yeah, it could be just a, could be just an ulcer, but we'll book you in to a specialist to see. But that was like a, when you go to a specialist, it's a three months lot wait. So okay, no problem, three months, deal with it. And then I said to my wife, something's not right. Like it's it's really painful. So I went back to the doctor, and she sent me to the she actually sent me to the orthodontist or dentist and said like, can you have a look? might be a cyst or something and uh yeah he got he fast tracked the specialist so obviously he saw something that you know didn't look 
didn't look right and he goes it could be just it could be it could be nothing but we just want to make sure and yeah we went to the um uh we, we got into the specialist a lot a lot earlier and he said look we can do a biopsy in the chair or we can go into hospital i said no i'd rather just get it done properly let's go into hospital and uh he um we had a did a biopsy so pretty much they cut like all the side of that tongue where the where the ulcer was and obviously sent it off for testing and uh, a week later we went back in there and he goes um he basically just said yeah sit down and he goes yep he just said yeah it's cancer mm. so. yeah yeah so uh, correct me if, if i get this wrong or if i say it wrong so i'm just going to read it out so the official diagnosis is stage three squamosis cell Car carcinoma, is yeah. that right? Carcinoma, yeah. Carcinoma, I think that's how you sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say it, but yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. much how you say it. You said it very well in the in the oral cavity. Yeah. You refer to it from that point onwards. You refer to it as a race. So tell us that that analogy. Yeah. Just I, obviously, I wrote that. I wrote something for the uh, cancer support a few years ago, and you know they tried to say you know tell your story, and um, you know. I, I love cars. I love motorsport. You know, so um, I, I I look at using that as an angle to deal with anything, just life. Mm. And in this case, it was a pretty big deal. You know, um, something to, to to deal with. And it's just the way I used it to to, to cope. So, mm. you know, these you, you, you guys have raced cars before. Even if you're just racing a go kart around the track, when you put that helmet on it's you're so focused like there's nothing around you like you just eyes are on that task and you're just concentrating and mm. you just yeah you're just so focused on just beating obviously winning or in this case beating something that um that's how i used it like you know every lap is just another lap another lap another lap another you know another day another hour another minute another appointment you know, another operation because even though that you know, we had one operation, it was like you know you had four operations before I had the big operation. You know, and then you've got the all the stuff that comes after it as well. So mm. you know, the pit stops, you know, your, your tire changes, and I just looked at it like that. You know, and just just keep belting out the laps until we get to the end. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. We had Andy and and her husband mix it right there where you are. Uh, six months ago not even and she used i mean i've read her book the don't wait for the grand light but she used a very similar analogy so she was building her tirana and through her cancer battle she always pictured herself getting back in that tirana staging it sorry pre-stage staging it and going down the track that was her that was her method of seeing her through the cancer mm -hmm. battle yeah she she would come to work and sit in the car yeah and um you know, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just, a, it was difficult having, you know, to, been... To see it. Yeah, you know, because of my my, uh, my mum, my uncle, my cousin. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been there, you know what it's like. Um, but I could understand why she was doing it because that's what was well, keeping it, it's, her going. It's, it's, I know, I, I say it's hard for me, but it's also, it's hard to witness people doing it. Like, that's even harder because... I, I know what I'm like, I know what the problem is I know what I need to do to fix it they don't know you don't know what 
well, I'm doing nah, the, to and, go through it. And the reality and, is... And you're like, they, everyone's obviously worried for you for that reason. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, don't worry. The, the reality is this too. Uh, for yourself, you're always going to try and have the mindset that I'm going to beat this. It's 100%. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but for for everyone else, the reality is it's 50-50. Yeah. It could go either way. That's right. You know what I mean? Um and mm. and yeah, I mean, if you've if you've lost people in the past, it's it, it is a painful. Uh, but I understood why she was doing it because that that was what that was what gave her focus. Mm. You know, yeah. it was a distraction that gave her focus. Mm. Mm. Yeah. If you don't mind, we'll stop for a short break here, and we'll be back with more from Johnny right after this. Okay, episode 111 of the Talking Power podcast, and we're joined with Johnny Alardi in the podcast studio here on 88.5 FM and on podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Johnny, just going into detail about the prognosis, can you walk us through this this procedure? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. All right, so obviously we're, they're cutting a tumour out, which I think was, I don't know, I don't know if you can see that, like around, you know, probably that big, I'd say. That's in the bottom of my sort of floor of the tongue. So so basically to get in there, they had to split the drawer open. So from here to my ear, so they open you up. So you've got to open up to, to, to obviously get in there. Um, and before they even do that, obviously they know that there's going to be swelling and you're not going to be able to eat um, and breathe um, through your mouth. So... Uh, the week before, they punched they punched a hole in the stomach for a feeding tube, so basically, so I could um, syringe the food through my stomach after the operation, and then obviously they did the hole in the neck for the for the trachea, so I can breathe, obviously in ice in well, in ICU. So yeah, so they open you up, they obviously cut the cut the tumor out, and then they need to refabricate my tongue probably about a third of it I'd say you know um, third to a half so to do that they they um, I don't know if you can see that they cut uh, the skin from my forearm and the tissue and the and the, the artery from from um, from my elbow to to the wrist because then they're going to replace that in there so they basically built the tongue from my f- forearm skin and the tissue, and obviously that they cut a main artery when they go through there, and then they replace that. They replace that in there, and then they graft the skin from my leg to my arm to replace the to replace the skin on my forearm. And obviously they staple that all in there. You've got to go in the cast, so the arms in the cast, the legs all obviously bandaged up, and then your face is. Yeah, so when you I think I was in ICU for about three days, um, just breathing out of the tube in my neck, and obviously they're just feeding me through the through the feeding tube. Um, the the hardest thing I guess was that was, and my wife will tell you she she hated seeing it is obviously vacuuming. You probably you know when you seen Nicky Lowder get his lungs vacuumed in uh, in in Rush. Mm. Um, so yeah, they used to shove a 
you know, a, a tube down the, the track here to, you know, vacuum out, and you, that was quite painful. And, um, wow. yeah, not, not a, not a, I didn't get to see it, but everyone else did. But, yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a good sight. That's pretty. That's a pretty extensive operation. Yeah, I, I think it was ten ten hours. In ten, the actual that operation was about ten hours, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So after the op, tell us because the the battle. A lot of people probably incorrectly think that that if the operation's successful, the battle's done. But mm. it's really only you're only really halfway through it, aren't you? Or yeah, that, that's the majority of it. But obviously, they they want to do the radiotherapy to try and they obviously to clean up. You know, to, if they've missed any those small spots, you know. Um, so I think it was radiotherapy for about six weeks. Um, they for for that because <clears throat> obviously mine was in my, my face or my head. They tattoo three spots: one in the forehead, I think, on the sides, and basically they they got a mould of my face, which is looked like the sh- looked like a pasta strainer, you know. <laughs> Looked like yeah, it was just like instead of round, it was just like the shape of my face, pasta strainer. And they used to um, lay me on a metal table, and they then they used to bolt my head to the table with that. Um, so the strainer on the on my head, and they used to clip me in, and they'd line me up with the tattoos. So they obviously you know radiotherapy the same spot every single time. So basically like microwaving the insides of my my um, my wow. jaw area in here. And that's why you can see my, like, my hair doesn't grow the same on the, on the side of the face and it's got a patch there because obviously it kills all those, mm. it kills everything, yeah. Mm. So the whole idea is, is, is to clean, kill, kill all the, the leftover if, the, if there is any in, in that area. It's quite an incredible um, a passage or that you've gone through or, you know, and I didn't, I never realised until, you know, I know I knew you at the time but I didn't realise how how in depth this this really was for you and what sort of battle it was you mentioned in 2000 july of 2011 the final scan i'm going to quote you here in july of 2011 the final scan came back all clear i declared myself the winner and that's what what my photo represents but it's something that couldn't have been done without my support crew i was merely the driver Tell us a bit about this amazing support crew. I know you've spoken a bit about your wife, Angela, but just yeah. go, go on and tell us a bit about uh, Look, I mean, you know, we're Wogs, we're Italians. Support crew is like, you know, thick and thin. So um, as soon as it, as soon as everyone heard, there, there was there was an influx of help from mm. around everywhere. You know, obviously, the immediate family, um, you know, brothers, uh, sisters, cousins, you know, all that sort of stuff, aunties, uncles, um, and obviously you know, my wife, and, and with some really good friends, it's just used to bring stuff to, the, they used to cook and, you know, bring my wife stuff, because Anne stayed in the hospital, so mm. she, um, so they used to bring dinner and all that sort of stuff, but it's, it's basically like a support crew for a race team, they do everything so the driver can just concentrate on his job, basically, mm. and, yep. that, and that's what it was, like, you know, they did everything, so I didn't have to. You know, I didn't have to worry about anything else other than what was in front of me. So, mm. And um, yeah, um, I, do, I do know you got a very tight family. I know your family reasonably well, and I know you know. I know your cousin as well, Perry, yeah. the top bloke, and uh, you know you and, and 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 a number of your family. So I know it's it's just a 
yeah, I know it's a, it's a big support crew and it's all helped when the bigger the family, I think the, the yeah. better and big network of, of friends as well certainly helps, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, we'll take a short break here. I know we just had one before, but I'm just looking at the time. We'll take a short break here and when we get back, we'll talk a bit about being in the all clear. You've won the race, but we'll, and we'll talk about what you're doing these days and uh, yeah, and, and a bit about your charity uh, event that you put on every year. So we'll take a short break here and we'll be back with more right after this. Okay, episode 111 of the Talking Power podcast. We're here with Johnny Alardi. Todd Brinkworth and Simon Gonzo Travellini on 88.5 FM and podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher and our website www.talkingpower.com.au. Amazing story you're telling us, Johnny, here tonight. So your race against cancer, you've won the race, you've got the all clear, the XW's finished, you have two beautiful children, Johnny and Valentina. I've got to be honest with you because you, you were pretty high up at, at your job where you were at um, Jamel's there mm-hmm. and they're a leading edge uh, furniture manufacturer in Western Australia what was the desire to, to leave that job and start Elite Muscle Cars and also Benzene Detailing um, I guess the once once you know, you know sort of a year or two after the, the, the cancer stuff sort of settled down I sort of got my the, the, the making a family um, and just you just want to get back to like a normal ish sort of life so you're not worried about taking risks or doing stupid things so it was just uh, for me it was uh, I worked at a very good place you know at Jamel um, I, 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 you know they paid my wage uh, while I was sick so I was away for a good three to four months and they paid you know um my way so um i love them i love the guys there and i I just um yeah i i I was just happy i just wanted to pay the bills basically i just wanted to have sort of a bit of normality you know what i mean because i just put for what we're in through and but then you start thinking you know i i ended up being the operations manager for the international division which I started um, doing a lot of stuff with logistics um, and, and importing from China. I was, I was flying to China every six weeks, so I was getting used to travel um, and, and obviously importing a lot of the, the furniture side. And then I thought, you know, the, the, the US dollar at the time was really, really good. We obviously were playing with the US dollar, you know, buying furniture from overseas. And I thought it'd be probably a good idea to start bringing in some cars, you know, mm. dollar for dollar. And, you know, um, back then a lot of people were bringing in Mustangs and Camaros and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea. Maybe, you know, I could, it's, it's sort of well, it, it's something that I want to do, you know, as in on the side. Um, and then I thought, you know, I can maybe probably make you know, I, I could probably make a job of this, you know, if I can, if I can get it right, then I'll, uh, uh, mm. you know, I could make, make some money, so. 
you were pretty motivated at the time. I remember you, and you still are, sorry, but I remember at the time you came and saw me actually and you said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Uh, this is what we're going to do. And, and not long after you had the, the first, the, it was the Camaro you got? Yeah, that was so your the, first one? The, the, the things that when I do something, like I go straight to the top. Like yeah. I don't stuff around with like a $20,000 Camaro. I went and got... Um, the one of the first one I bought was actually a feature car on Meekum um, mm. car auctions. It was a '69 RSSS, um, a big block car. Um, you know, uh, is orange with the white, you know, the white stripes. So it was just a, it was a plum car. Like it took me a while to find it, but it was, it was a, it was a beautiful car. So, um, and then yeah, we just, we just, I brought that in, and then uh, I thought, you know what, I'm sub. I always go backwards, so then I've done something, you know, that's top dollar. Maybe just look at something that's, you know, more appealing to to someone every every guy can afford. And then we did the C10. The C10, yeah. Yeah, which is which is which is a brilliant car. It was a cheap car, and it was it was a good car to do. And then when I was buying them, because um, obviously we had these connections with logistics and stuff like that, I loaded them up with everything. So the wheels, the suspension. And everything because the price over there for parts and, and you can buy everything off the shelf for mm. all those cars mm. there so and that's when i started to feel like you know i could probably do it ongoing yeah um and then obviously i started elite muscle cars and that that the, the camaro was the you know the show the showpiece for that business and but in the meantime i was still doing some some uh um, i went back to plastering for a bit just to keep the the money ticking over um and then obviously we bought the workshop so there was a transition period from from jamel to to going to full-blown you know muscle car detailing um but at the same time the trends were changing the dollar was uh we're losing that you know that one for one and i was thinking okay so having the experience in the industry i was in i was always looking forward always because i knew nothing lasts forever so i thought okay and at that time we already done two camaros and i think two c10s and i thought that you know we, and i was looking to, for the next car and i was trying to get a 56 pickup or something like that and i just i just couldn't make the they were getting more expensive to buy and obviously the dollar was hurting us so I decided to buy an Australian car and I bought the Prem. So that's when I bought the HT, okay. the Premier. Yep. And I bought that from South Australia. That's when you could afford to buy those cars. Mm. Um, and and I, and I thought, okay, we'll, we'll sort of divert into the restoration. And I always had the detailing side sort of like tagged along in the business as long as the wheels, because we were doing the wheels and the tyres as well. Mm -hmm. um, at the billet specialties, we were a billet specialties uh, distributor. So that that... You know added to to the business yeah and yeah and then and then we with the we, we obviously were doing the detailing then we brought in the detailing side and i did a few courses just to you know up my skills and stuff like that and the rest is history it just it took off you know yeah. the, the detailing side took the, I, I didn't even get to finish the prem in a reasonable time like it just it just ended up going on and on and and, and um, yeah I just was focusing on the on the detailing yeah yeah so I mean that's that's the important thing to to mention here I know you 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 moved you transitioned into detailing but you made that you, you pretty the, the top end of detailing in Western Australia I must yeah. say 
So, I mean, was that, that was always going to be your focus, wasn't it? Like to be the, the sort of the top end of... Yeah, well, like I said before, even when we started the Lent Muscle Cars, it, it was always going to, well, it was always based on prestige mm. and, and the, the eliteness of, of, you know, of the industry. And the detailing side wasn't going to be any different. So, um, uh, obviously, we, we went to Swiss Wax and they were, they were one of the biggest brands in the world and, and, you know, it's a top tier brand and we did their training course. Um, uh, You've introduced me to the guy from there. Like yeah, the Terry, yeah, he's yeah, a good guy. Nice guy. And so, so again, that's went straight to the top mm. and, um, yeah, just went from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Nah, so tell us a few of the cars that you have detailed. Just, you know, I'll name drop for you if you're not. You probably don't want to. I know Happy, you've done his, the HQ, the one-tonner. You've done that a few times, I would say. Uh, Ralph Italiano, his juice. I know you've done that. So Motivation Grand Champion, Ralph. Ralph, yep. 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 Street, Street Machine, Machine Grand Champion. Champion. Yep. 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 Happy. You did a bit of work on Chris Bitmead's ex-boss as well. Yep. Yep. Um, we got to work on Chris's car. No, so we supplied some stuff for Chris's car before yeah. he went to America. And then we were fortunate enough to, to help him when he got back here and did the Australian tour. Yeah. So you were with him in, in Motorrex I think I did about well? four out of the six shows in oh, Australia. Wow. Yeah, so wow, did, okay. I think I did three Motorexes. Adelaide, I didn't go to Queensland, so I did about, yeah, yeah. Four, four shows. Yeah. Yeah, I missed one or two, I think. Mm. What's it like working with those guys? I mean, we all, we, we've had happy... It's just like working with these guys. Yeah, okay. They're all the same. They're yeah. just, they're, yeah, they're funny. They're just <laughs> happy, funny guys. Happy hey. is uh, definitely going yeah, Interesting character. Yes. <laughs> oh, ha happy you're talking about? Yeah, happy. Oh, ha ha happy's a ha happy. We call him last minute. Everything's last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I worked as on his transmission builder. I can yeah. vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, you I, can. I think I worked on Happy's car. No word of light on Christmas Day, mm. one year. Yeah. And I think it was the year he won. Oh, come on, Johnny! Come on, mm. mate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Now he put the he put the trail on that. It's going to be Christmas next year. <laughs> there's always Christmas. There's always Christmas one every year. Yeah. <laughs> they painted the, the I think the second year they they actually the car came with no tray on the back. They actually put the tray on as they were driving to back to Canberra. They were probably bolting it on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> While they were on the back of the trailer. <laughs> Well, speaking of shows, I, I want to step forward here to 2016, and you kept this one under wraps pretty well, I must say. I'm going to I'm going to paint the picture here. So I'll never forget seeing you at the 2016 Street Machine and Hot Rod Spectacular, and I've written here in the notes, wow, you debuted the second rebuild, and in many ways, I felt it was, without insulting your first build, I think the second build was even better than the first. That was the intention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not to take away from the first build, but the, the second build was amazing. So it was a new Windsor combo. It's back to an auto. You've, you've touched up the paint, interior tweaks. Anyway, look, I'll let you go on into what you actually did there. But yep. 
that also coincided with your 10, 10 years yep. since you since you were diagnosed with a cancer. Yeah, so, that's right. so, so talk us through that and how important this this rebuild was. Yeah, well, obviously the first build was it wasn't that I rushed the first build. It was more like let's just finish the car because we don't know what was going to be around the corner. Like even though we had the operation, we didn't know whether it was going to come back or whatever. Let's just finish it, whatever. And at the time, you know, 18-inch billets and were the, were the things back then. So, mm. and, the, and the car was probably, you know, good for, for that year. Um, but with the business, um, with the business starting to, you know, attract those sort of style cars, um, I thought it was important to have something to display for myself as well. Yep. And, you know, what had happened... Um, our home was one of the fluoros actually dropped onto the bonnet of the car. So that's what stemmed another three-year build because of a small little dent and chip in the bonnet. And uh, I just, yeah, I, we, we took that off. It was just meant to paint the bonnet and we ended up smooth. But to be honest, when what really triggered it for me, I went to help Ralph at Motivation hmm. this one year, I think. And it was one of the better years, and I thought I've got to do something. Mm. I've got to do something. I've got to do something like sort of fast, you know. So, and then when I went back after literally the Monday, I um, I changed uh, everything. Like that's when we decided to smooth the bay. Um, that's when I decided to do the reverse cow. Uh, the, the, for whatever reason, the right hand passenger door was always seemed like it was a different color. I don't know how or why because it got painted the same. I don't know if it was just the way it used to be angled, but so we re repainted the whole front end, the whole right hand side of the car, and obviously we were doing the billet special wheel still. So we thought, and I, I, I thought I've got to try and stick um, a ten inch under the rear. Gons probably knows it's not probably easy nah. on those cars. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's not. not. It's definitely with, not. And get it to sit right. So. Um, and not many people were doing when I did that it, it, you used to see that look in America but not so much here now everyone does it but yeah. the 17 inch with the front with the 15 inch bead lock rear wasn't really um, being done mm. um, and obviously yeah then the the engine full rebuild to the change it back to the alloy to Windsor heads alloy heads um, C4 and we just changed the ratios in the rear I think and then we redid the dash and then, obviously, being a detail, I didn't want all the chrome and, and stuff in the engine bay, so we went to all, all the black, which was in which is uh, okay. install. Yep. And the billet stuff, yeah. I bought that street machine magazine for that car. That was I, I, to me, it was a groundbreaking car at the time. It was, um, you know, we we uh, had done summonats around that time, and the GT thing had been done and to see a car that was not pretending to be something mm. that it wasn't mm. um, and the white interior was it was just unbelievable I, 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 I must have read that article about five million times <laughs> the other thing as well not just the white interior but you went you made a pretty drastic change to convention with a wrap and the second rebuild, the wrap on the roof. That, that was that was very last minute. I had the car. Um, I put 
because I didn't have the chrome mouldings the first build, so I had to go and buy them because I I damaged them all the last one. So I had to go and back and buy all the chrome mouldings for the for the doors, and then I I just pulled it out. And it's, it's, it doesn't it's not, something's not right. Like it's just the color. I don't know if the color just seemed too overpowering or something. Yeah. And I've always liked the white vinyl roof. I thought I'm just going to wrap it. If it doesn't look good, I'll just pull it off. And um, I stole Mr. Troy Carboni's uh, side mouldings there for the, the rear pillar, and we just we just we didn't put the holes in them. So if I want to take it off, I can take the wrap off, and it'll just be the colour under the car. And yeah, went for the, and it was initially it was going to be gloss, and then I, last second I said, can you change it to to the to the satin? Giving them back to Troy? No, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> So he's, he's going to use that as an excuse, you know. Yeah. That's why I can't finish oh, this. Oh, and yeah. I'm off to po- polish one of the doors on his XW. <laughs> Hello to Troy. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that, that was ground. I, I, I never forget seeing the car. And as I said, you kept that pretty much under wraps, the second rebuild. And, and the, the wrap really set it off for me as well. I, re- I love it. I remember seeing it there. And, and you, you did reasonably well. Um, out of that out of that show yeah like like you said before it coincided with the 10 years it just it's just the way it happened like with any build you go oh you know don't rush it don't rush it but it's always good to have an end end like an end to the to, to the build like to whatever mm. you're doing and we, we made that the end date so um to have it on display being the 10 years um and then obviously having Chris's car next to it as well. After we just spent some time with him and that, it was it was just it was really surreal. Like I was really, yeah, a bit a bit emotional after it because um, yeah, because we won top street machine sedan I think um, for that for that year 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 group. Palazzo so, was with you that that no, he's the year, the after. year after. That's yeah. right. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, that was good. And then oh, the the street machine that article came straight after i think mm-hmm. that, yep. that the, the we, we me and jordan shot it i think on the monday so i hope jordan doesn't mind we use these photos in our video uh, that's right. there you go jordan if you're listening yeah. johnny said it was all right so how, how long did it take jordan to shoot i oh, don't don't get me started with his time frames <laughs> I, I, I bring you know, a pack, you know I bring a packed lunch now. I just bring food and drink because I know it's going to be a long night. I'm telling you now, it's a running joke with the staff of Street Machine how long it takes him to shoot a car. Because I get him to come and do shoots in the shop now and we I, we literally joke about, okay, what time are we going to finish? I'm saying, man, I want to be about this time. And it's like, we're about five minutes away from that. It's like, one more, one more. It's like, man... <laughs> He's he's very good at what he does. He's uh, there's no other Jordan least. Let me tell you. Hey, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back with more from Johnny right after the break. Okay, episode 111 of the Talk and Power podcast. We've got Johnny Alardi in the studio, Todd Brinkworth, and Simon Gonzo Travellini. Johnny, talk us through, I guess, the today, the now, um, the repercussions of battling cancer. When you and I caught up not that long ago to talk about this podcast, um, I think it was last year you had a, it was a, a two weeks battle with, with chickenpox. Yep. Tell us some of the repercussions of 
someone that has had cancer when they do get sick and and some of the the things that you have to go through and and being vigilant of in terms of you know white blood cell counts and those sorts of things yeah this is always hard to explain to people because they think it's always uh, you've done it and it's it, it, it's sort of over and, and when you get sick it's like yeah okay well i had a I had a cold or I had the chicken pox too it's you know it's no big deal but it's different it's different everything's different um uh, and, and in that instance um when I had the chicken pox um the kids obviously had it a couple couple of weeks uh, before me mm. and they all had like one or two spots and then they were like back at school within whatever the loud time was like three days or whatever the period was and I was thinking and then I and then I Looked at us, oh, I've got a couple of spots. I said, oh, it's all right, I'll be back, you know, they work a couple of days, no problem. And it ended up being two weeks. And I was in hospital for like two nights because, wow. um, yeah, it just, it, it knocked me for six. And obviously with that, <clears throat> the doctor goes, do some blood tests. And it's like, okay. And then the chicken pox was that bad. They were in my throat and my mouth. So obviously having operation in there and scar tissue damage and stuff like that, you start getting all these different feelings it's like when and, and i've had them before and i sort of know what's wrong and what's right now like what what i can deal with and what sort of okay i better get that checked and this one was yeah man that, that doesn't seem right like these are these are the weirdest things that I've, I've i've felt so and the blood tests were obviously pointing to you know low uh white blood cell count which is obviously a sign of um cancer as well so mm. you know uh the you know when you tell your wife you know the, the 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 needle goes on the on the limb goes pretty high pretty quick and everyone starts panicking and thinking oh okay here we go it's the, it's it's back and that um, and yeah so that's and I'll probably do I'll probably deal with something like that once a year because um, what happens now obviously with the radiotherapy all my teeth are, um, I have problems with all my teeth because um, of the gums gum line receding and stuff from the radiotherapy. It's just part and parcel of, of the operation. Just, mm. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, so I think, and because of <clears throat> the operation, I only eat on my left-hand side, not my right. So, and I've really only got, because I've got teeth missing already, I've only got like one tooth that I eat on that, on that side. And that, I got an infection in that last year. So that was another you know, panic station thing. We didn't mm -hmm. know it was an infection. It was just like the whole side of my face was swollen. Mm. And, you know, back to the dentist. Yes, it's an infection. Okay, no worries. And then get that tooth, had a root canal. I think I spent 9000 just on that tooth just to save it because I can't have teeth pulled out either because of the radiotherapy. I need to... to the recovery is not the same. So to have a tooth pulled out, I need to go into a high hyperbaric chamber before and after the operation just for the healing process yeah okay so i've got to try and save what i've got mm. um to avoid that because it's not like you can go to a hyperbaric chamber in mm. your house or around the corner it's yeah. a, and it's like a 12 week thing you know depending on on the severity of it mm. so um like eating is a problem. Obviously now my voice is probably starting to sound a bit different as well. Um, the, obviously the top, the more tired I am, the the, the worse my my voice sounds. Mm. Um, and chewing, obviously the, the the right side of my jaw always swells up if I'm eating something, you know, like a steak or anything like that. And people go, oh, "Why do you take so long to eat?" Like I, I I literally just don't eat steak because 
by the time I even get to a quarter of it, it would be cold because yeah. I just can't. I just can't put it down. Like I can't chew it enough to to get it to, to, to get it down. So mm. um, yeah, there's there's all those sort of things that that come. And obviously, there's you know the, everything plays on your mind. So it's like you yeah. know everything that's it, it can be the smallest thing and. You know, about a year or two after, you, you used to um, always worry, and and the and the my surgeon always just said, look, just come back, we check it, you know, and then I probably got comfortable for about, you know, um, it's been fifteen years now, so I probably got comfortable for for about, you know, um, you know, probably about ten, 15, ten, so it was probably about ten years now. I've been comfortable with it, mm. and it's probably just isolated instances every yeah. year now where something just might pop up and just go, yeah, no, that's not right. But my um, my specialist is good. He goes, yeah, just come in. He, he chucks a camera down my throat. He has a quick look. Yep, you're all good. This one here was a real, probably one of the biggest scares I've had since I've had it. So we did a PET scan. Just to, he goes, look, let's just do one. Just to go, you know, we'll start clean slate. We know everything's all good, so we just we we did that, and obviously came back all clear, which is you know it's good to see. Mm. Um, I do have a, a, another issue I have to deal with, but that's just again it's part parcel with the with the with the treatment and the radiotherapy and the, and the operation itself. So, yeah. but that's you know what do you do mm. if if it was when I had my operation, if it was any about three years earlier, the operation didn't even exist. So mm. who knows what would have happened. Let's have a look back. I mean, we've sorry in this podcast we've looked we've looked back at quite extensively, but let's have a look forward. I mean, you have an amazing studio where I've I've wrote in the notes. I reckon neurosurgeons could operate in your in your workshop. Definitely, there was an ad years ago of, of a guy eating pasta off the floor, and they could have filmed it there because <laughs> <laughs> it's immaculate that place. But you detail cars instead. Tell us what are some of the plans for Benzene and and yourself, and any additions to the fleet, and yeah, just give us a bit of a rundown on. Yeah, um, there's obviously we, we're always looking to better the place. Um, there's always something new that we can do, and I've I've got a couple of plans for the workshop itself. Um, obviously, the, the floor gets redone probably every couple of years. We'll probably do it after the uh, the. The event this year um, was looking a bit a bit worn out, um, and I want to put a belly lift in there as well, scissor lift, and uh, we've got probably a new lighting structure. I, I like to make things. I, I do things not because so they look good. I do things to be more efficient, and if I can make the business more me me and the business more efficient, then it's it's better for my customers. So mm. um, so I've got a, you know I've always got plans of what I'm going to do next at the yep. shop and and maybe even um look into another shop as well we might have the opportunity to buy another shop um and to maybe expand it into other areas as well mm. so okay that's the, in regards to the cars i just bought myself a mercedes yeah, i saw that out there yeah, <laughs> yes old school mercedes which i, I quite like um don't ls swap it please don't <laughs> ls i like a little 2.3 in it so it's it's, it's good <laughs> It drives so good. I can't believe it, eh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to build a 34 coupe. That's my next, my next um, big thing. Um, we've actually bought the body and the chassis is getting built, um, hopefully as we speak. But wow. Yeah. So um, my wife's always wanted to do a coupe and with the price of buying these 
Aussie cars these days is um, and trying to find the right one and it's just not going to happen. So at least with this thing, we can plan it a bit, budget for it, and just just make it our own. I mean, you've been in that very long time. I just wanted your lens on on something here. You put on this amazing fundraiser. Before we act, before I ask this question, just tell us a bit about the fundraiser you do every year. Tell us a bit about that, and then I'll I'll ask you my question. Yeah, well, um, since I've had since I've had cancer, I've always tried to do something every year to give back to mm. the Cancer Council. And I think you were, you know, some of the things you quoted me on, I did it for the cancer support. We actually did a photo thing um, for them. Um, so we do it every year. And it started off with just my wife, because we thought it's a morning tea, it's a girly thing. And she used to do it with all her girlfriends and have a morning tea. And then we did it at the soccer club and we just sort of went sort of just massive with it and just invited everyone to the club. And, and then we got into the workshop and I, and I thought, how can we incorporate, you know, the shop and and you know because you know, it all ties in you know the business mm. it all ties into to the charity and so yeah we we run it with the biggest morning tea so it's in the, obviously it's the cancer council's official biggest morning tea and you know instead of just having people just rock up and have some cake and coffee i thought well, why can't we just you know put some cars on display and mm. give someone to you know give something to people to, to look yeah, yeah. at and yeah. have a chat and you know and and some of the guys aren't exposed to that in the casting that that's sort of the charity as well so it gets them it gets them involved and it just keeps getting bigger and better every year like everyone mm. wants to contribute to that sort of event and and so yeah yeah now this is a magnificent event you you put on that, that, that brings me to my next question have you ever had the desire to put the promoter's hat on because you've been doing, you've been going to these sorts of things for a long time. Yeah, I, I don't. That that's a lot of work. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's something that maybe I'd like to do down the track. Um, I, I love the events. I love the MotorX events as well. Ever race, you know. Um, I'd, I'd love to get involved into some of that, but I'd have to. I'd, I'd only get involved if I can dedicate my time properly to it. Like. I'd, between work, um, the kids, and all that sort of stuff, there's there's not much left. And you you need a lot of time to execute those um, events properly. So, mm. um, and I, I like you know I'd like to get into the judging scene as well. You know, um, down the track. So maybe I can incorporate you know either one of them at some point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe when the kids get a bit, I, o- I, a bit listen, older. Listen, I don't know about that. You, <laughs> you don't own a shop that modifies cars, so. You wouldn't be able to judge your cars higher than everyone else's. It doesn't make any sense. You'd be impartial. We couldn't have that in the judging in Western Australia. I'd just judge how much dust is on the car. <laughs> oh goodness! Hey, I'm just telling it how I see it. Shout out to the, some of the judges. I think listen to this podcast. Anyway, hello to the judges. I, I know some there. of the ex-judges. Listen to this podcast. They do. Shout out to everyone there that's listening. (laughs) Hey, uh, Johnny, you've spoken about your amazing family. Is anyone else you need to mention in this podcast? Anyone in the like sort of medical world as well that 
It sounds like your specialist is the crew chief. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was going to say, yeah, uh, my, my specialist, Dr. Fisher, he, he's awesome. Like, um, yeah, he's probably the main guy that I go see, you know, when things go go to crap, I suppose. So, mm. And he's always been, you know, when we did the, you know, when we did the, the magazine, um, the car shoot and that, um, I took him the magazine. I said, like, look at this and, you know, always thank him for everything he does. He's, yeah, he's just, yeah. They, they, they're, you know, they're the real heroes. You know, they're nah, saving yeah. people's lives. So, um, yeah, he's a champion. Yeah, yeah, nah, certainly. Is he a car guy? Nah, nah. Yeah, I mean, he, nah. I'll, I'll have to send him the link. You might listen to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he loves the magazine. He loves the car and that. So yeah. Ah, that's good. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's funny when we go. You know, it's it's when you go there. It's like your family with the. The secretaries and that, and they go, oh, you know, what are you doing here? It's oh, you know, you know. And then when I left, it's like, I hope I don't see her again. <laughs> it's true, but isn't it? You know, they, but they do a magnificent job. Yeah. All the all the specialists and um, oncologists, correct? Is that the right term? Uh, he's a he. Mine is an ENT. So I had an oncologist, yep. but the ENT, ear, nose, and throat specialist. He's the guy who, who did the work. Yeah. And he performed so, that surgery. So as well. well, I had him, a plastic surgeon, and an oncologist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So three. Okay. So the plastic surgeon is a guy is pretty cool too mm. to, to to do what they do. It's mm. just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Amazing. Johnny, where can we contact you? Someone wants to. You got a Facebook page. Benzene yeah, detailing. Obviously Benzene's detailing. Um, the the website benzenesdetailing.com.au. Yeah. On I'm Facebook. On, I know and Instagram as well. I know Instagram. You, we've got Instagram. All your work's on there. I've seen it all the time. Yep. You see photos scrolling through every every day you're doing pretty much something on Yeah, there. I'll, I'll try to, yeah. Sometimes it gets a bit hard, but yeah, yep. we try yep. to put something up. Especially if it's cool, we'll try to get it up get up there mm, yep okay so we're doing too many Toyota series these days so it's not, <laughs> not much to, to show too many Toyota 200 yeah, series yeah, yeah even when I came and saw <laughs> you had one there Nick's favourite is the 300 series <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> it is a uh, well we can do it that's another for another episode do they do they actually go off road not the ones I do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Johnny, uh, look, we really appreciate you coming in uh, for this podcast. It was a special podcast. It was one you, you, you said to me, you know, we'd, we'd, love, we'd love doing the morning tea. We absolutely yep. love it. It's, um, and we love getting down there. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I know, I know Todd enjoys it as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, Simon, he's hoping to bring the... No, you can't, can you? Sorry. No. We have overpromised this. No, I, uh, on that note, <laughs> um, so we got some new rims because I've got the, the drag radials on the on the, the rears. So I've got some new rims for the rear and the colour's slightly different. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're sending them, the, the old ones back to get reconditioned. Oh, um, we tried to organise to get it done locally, but... Um, it was just too much of a price difference between getting actual Simmons to do them, uh, which I was I was a bit surprised, but um, yeah, okay. it is what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. Like once you got the new ones, the the old ones look like crap. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm a bit devastated because I've been waiting so long for those rears, 
and um, you know it is what it is. To change the size of the rears? Yeah, I've gone. So I've left fifteen sixes on the front, and I've got um, uh, eighteen tens for the rear. I really want to exaggerate the rake. that. Yeah, yeah, the rake. Yeah, it was already exaggerated, but I want to really. <laughs> I want it to look like it's a cartoon. Yeah, um, cool. You know. Because I, I, that's kind it's of always the way it's known. Yeah. That has yeah. been been known as. Yeah. And the and the so the front tires were another drama. We, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to go into who, what, how, when, and where. But basically, uh, we had four tires destroyed getting them on and off the rims, and um, I want to leave once the tires are on the front. I want to leave them on the front. So I had to get the right speed rating, and to get that size, I couldn't get any in Australia, so I had to bring uh, a set in from the US. It's just, yeah, 15s are a, you know, a thing of the past now, so, um, I, I, yeah, it is what it is, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm spewing. I, I was, you can ask Nick, I was spewing that I missed the get-together there um, in Balcatta, and I was looking forward to it, and I thought, I'm going to get the rears, and, and then, yeah, when, when I put them next to the other ones, we went, oh, it's a different colour, and, you know, anyway. But the good news is, you will be ready by all four, days. Fingers crossed. If I don't yeah. blow it up, crash it. You'll be ready by all four. <laughs> oh, my God. You better, and... <clears throat> We need to shout out to the All Four Day Committee, uh, Paul, Paul Lloyd in particular. They're having us along for the All Four Day. Yeah, I, I, I was looking forward to it last year, um, and you know I'm looking forward to it even more this year. So, well, they've given us a reasonable size space to bring our rides. So, uh, are we going to do a fire up? <laughs> No, <laughs> that's, a, that's a no. But but we yes. will have the we'll have the BA there. We'll have the XY there. We'll have my XW there. And Johnny, you're more than welcome to bring. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be entering it anyway. So you want it there? Well, more yeah, than happy to we've have got it. we've got um, the all four day committee have given us big sites, so we we can we can fill that right up. No so problem. yeah, more than work. I would love to have. Well, I reckon we could just fill it up with X, Ys, and Ws. To be honest, you <laughs> <laughs> can take Dad's car as well if you want it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring Shaken as well. That's one thing we didn't mention. Your Dad's X, Y, GT as well. Shaken. That's been around. How long has that been around for? The car itself. Yeah, the car itself. He's had that. We, we, so that started the same as mine. That was an XY Fairmont six cylinder, and we started that in about 1988, I think. I was going to say, I remember that. Yeah. So that's gone through a couple of rebuilds as well. So, motor and getting the motor, engine bay cleanups and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll try and get shaken down there as well. So, yeah, I I think we can. We can just about have a full, except for the BA, have a full suite of XWs and XYs. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, we're looking forward to all four day and we'd love to have you there as well, Johnny. It's on the 3rd of October 2021, still blue oval, Bassendine. We're really looking forward to that. We're going to have a bit of a marquee there, and we'll have a we'll have the podcast studio there going, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. And we're also looking forward to the Australia's biggest morning tea. Uh, where can people donate? Will there be a link on the? Well, I can give you the link if you want to yeah. add, add it to this. Yeah. Yep. Look, I mean, we we obviously we're trying to keep 
numbers to a, a minimum but if anyone really wants to come down then maybe they should just mm. get in contact with you and, and, and the page and say look if they really want to come down and, and we can mm. see if we can fit them in yep yep no worries and yeah we'll and and make a donation to the uh, cancer council uh, biggest morning tea looking forward to it well guys that's that's a full episode I don't know if you realise that, yeah. but yeah, it's, we've gone, we've gone a full. Way. You, you were concerned. You said to me, oh, I, don't, "I don't know, Nick. I don't think we'll do a whole. <laughs> not just oh, know, maybe ten minutes, maybe." <laughs> you said, said yeah. "Yeah, ten minutes." I said, "Nah, just nah. Small. I said, <laughs> "I said, I'm telling you now. Don't worry. Once you get in, once you start, you, you won't stop." And look, here we are. We're an hour and. 15, we're an hour and 15 minutes so Nick, Nick is the Andrew Denton of the <laughs> I don't know world that. I don't know about that but no. anyway I, I sorry I, sorry I don't I don't want to insult you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that but yeah I, I think look I mean I know once you start talking I love talking about cars and I like talking about people's journey not with just their cars but in life and how the car influenced them or their particular car I don't care whether it's an XY it's whatever it may be and evo whatever it may be it's cars have an influence in our lives and car people it's in our dna that there's just it's in our dna that's there's nothing you can do about it yeah so yep johnny thanks for joining us todd thanks for coming in thank you Simon, thanks for coming in. My pleasure we're going to get stuck into those cannolis now (laughs) and uh and uh richie Anyone's looking for a good cannoli, head down to Richie's Sterling IGA. <laughs> does magnificent cannolis. Richie, I want some freebies now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.